The main message of chapter 13 of Mark's Gospel is about the signs of the end of the age. The age in which we live until the age when Jesus comes again. The second coming of Christ. The passage read this morning also clearly states that the day and hour are unknown. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father knows when that time will come. It's an interesting reading from Mark this morning for the first Sunday in Advent. Although the reality is that the season of Advent and the beginning of the new Christian year is played out in a mainly secular culture, and that it is a time of conflicting expectations for many, we are still not expecting to hear a text like this while getting ready for Christmas. It's rather hard to match this imagery about the destruction of the world with shopping and parties. People want to hear jolly carols playing in shops and Christmas markets, and to anticipate that Santa Claus is coming to town as they look for the perfect Christmas tree and stock up on delicious food. In direct opposition to this, are the opening verses in Mark. But in those days, following that distress, the distress here referring to nations and kingdoms warring against one another, earthquakes and famines, then the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. How is this relevant, we ask, to Advent? Well, there's an incredible promise for us that lies at the very heart of this text. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words of Jesus will never pass away. We can't help but think of those wonderful words and the commitment at the end of Mark's Gospel. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amidst the usual chaos at this time of the year, we are to remember these wonderful words spoken by Jesus and the promise here that his words will never pass away because it is a promise that transcends the noise and frenzy of our preparations. It transcends the grand secular event it is for so many and the politically correct happy holidays greeting offering nothing meaningful on so many Christmas cards. It is a promise that offers comfort to us when we see or comprehend what is going on outside our comfortable part of the world. A part of the world, I might add, where we were born by chance. It is a promise that must direct our prayer for all those who are struggling to survive. For this is the world where the word of the coming Messiah meets us. We are reminded that Jesus was born into an occupied country with the real threat of violence and uprising, and yet that is precisely the time and place that God chose to enter the world and engage with humanity. Only the Father knows the time of the final coming of the Son of Man. Here in Mark, the words of Jesus contain, if you like, his gift to us. The call to watchfulness. Just as someone leaves home and places someone on guard, so we are to be on the alert and keep awake for the Master's return. We are urged three times to be alert or keep watch, 
The sign for us that Jesus has come, is present, and will come again. We are reminded of Jesus in the garden on the Mount of Olives, prior to his arrest, when he says, Watch with me to the disciples. Stead, they fall asleep. In these verses in Mark, Jesus is instructing us to watch. We are not to fall asleep, but to stay awake and keep our guard. But maybe, most significantly, the revelation of the cross is present with us in Advent. We have a true sign of God's salvation and deliverance. The connection of the coming of the Messiah, born as a child in Bethlehem, and the outpouring of the Son of Man's life in Jesus' death and resurrection are inseparable. This is the story of God's salvation in Jesus Christ. This is the message of Advent amidst our worldly clutter. We are to heed the final words from Jesus to us in Mark this morning. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. The Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah. Isaiah is the most well-known prophet for his prediction of the coming of the Messiah, the Saviour who would redeem his people from their sins. The book of Isaiah generally is one of stark contrasts, terrifying warnings of judgment and destruction placed alongside uplifting promises of hope and prosperity. Here in chapter 64, Isaiah is encouraging people to rest trustfully in God, in his goodness, in his wisdom, in his love, in his sovereignty and power. People are deeply angry and alienated from God. The appeal here by Isaiah is for God's intervention to heal the alienation and to halt the damage caused by their sins. The pain is very clear. How God will respond is not. But Isaiah continues to encourage them. He reminds them of God's enduring love and the stability of his promise. The God who acts on behalf of those who wait for him, to help those who gladly do right and remember his ways. And very helpfully, the reading reminds us that we are not in control. Our lives are the work of God's hand, just like the clay in the hand of a potter. He moulds and makes, even breaks when necessary, then refines and shapes, using all things in our lives to do this. Nothing is wasted. The relationship between the potter and clay is a very helpful metaphor to describe the relationship between God and humans, especially as clay is never wasted when it goes the wrong way, because it can just be remoulded or reshaped. It might be a bit scary to know we are not in control, but surely the master potter knows more about fixing the wonky bits than we do. The season of Advent is the same every year, where it is, where it is in the Christmas calendar, and the fact that it looks forward to the coming of the Messiah, born as a child in Bethlehem. But we, each and every one of us, is not the same. 
and the events in each of our lives over the last year would probably bear witness to this. It might even make any of the excitement or joy of Advent a bit of a trial. However, Advent is also about grief and mourning, of Christ's death and sacrifice. Maybe some of the sacrifices in our own lives, the death of some of our desires, having to say goodbye to things, having to let things go. It is a time when we can allow God to heal us and to remember that he constantly does. For this is the very nature of our Christian journey. It is both a hard and complex business to hand over the control of our lives to God. But what would make us think we can contain God's power over our lives? And thank goodness we can't, because it means God's grace can also not be contained or restricted. Here in Isaiah, just as in the passage from Mark, it is very clear that we cannot either know or control the future. It is out of our hands. And the metaphor of God as the potter seems especially helpful here. And hopeful. For are we not just like clay, a lifeless lump with no purpose without God? And surely we are filled with hope that God not only has the power to mould us, but actually wants to, into his image and likeness. On Christmas Day, God becomes the clay and moulds his divine self as an impoverished, displaced infant. We both celebrate and look forward to this in Advent. As Isaiah is asking, let us surrender ourselves to what God can make of us and in this Advent allow ourselves to become God's sacred clay. Amen.